Before we dig into this episode, I wanted to let you know if you are out there in the Manifesto community and really feeling like you want deep support and deep transformation, if you feel like this year especially is an important year for you, if you are ready to stop going through the wounds and going backwards and struggling with your rest and struggling to initiate, then we still have a very, very small handful of spots left for our VIP day. Now, the VIP day is going to be on the 26th of March. It is going to be held in LA at Marina Del Rey. If you are in the States or you are going to happen to be going through LA at that time, or even if you want to come in from another country, please reach out. You can find all of the information about the VIP day on our website, which is theholymarie.com. You can check out information about it through our Instagram, which is at theholymarie. If this is calling to you, please pursue it. We are coming down to the last few days of our promo here for the VIP day, and we would love, love, love to be able to serve you as a manifester in your journey in this incredible experience. Welcome to the Hunting for Purpose podcast, the official podcast home for all human design manifestors. I'm your host, Holly Marie, a 4-6 clinic manifester, a certified human design teacher, and a manifester who is following her own creative urge to facilitate a thriving global community of aligned, powerful manifestors. Wherever you are at in your manifesto journey, or even if you are here just because you love a manifesto and you want to understand them a little bit more, this podcast is the place for you. Stick around for in-depth teaching, for real-life practical tips and understandings of the manifesto journey, and how to become aligned and powerful and thriving as a manifesto. You are here for global impact. You are here to change world. The time is now. The journey is yours. This podcast is your home. Hello, everybody. Welcome, welcome, welcome back to another episode of the Hunting for Purpose podcast. Uh, Whether you are a manifester yourself or you are just somebody who loves manifestors, knows manifestors, teaches or coaches manifestors, you are all welcome here. In particular, this episode is going to focus on manifested kids. So I'm really hoping that we've got some parents out there who are listening, who are maybe non-manifested parents, and you've got a manifested kid, and you're just trying to understand them. You're just trying to love them and guide them and, and create the best environment for them as a child. This episode is really focused on you and giving you some of those tools and some of those resources. If you know somebody who is a parent to a manifested child, please share this episode with them. Please pass this on. I think that we as manifestors really have a responsibility to be helping these new generations of manifestors to come into the world in a space of alignment and to not be experiencing the wounding and the pain and the trauma in some cases that we ourselves experience, particularly through childhood. So it's very much a a collective of manifestors, right? Those of us who are older and a little bit wiser and have journeyed through a lot of the healing and the alignment process, the greatest gift of love we can give to anybody else is to help them do the same and to help bring them through um, that space of joy, understanding the joy in their energy and the joy in their life experience. And I think for a lot of us, you know, looking back at our, our childhoods as manifestors, that would have changed the game. 
that would have created a completely different life experience for us if we had been able to have childhoods where our manifesto energy was not only understood, but it was supported. I have spoken to a very small handful of manifestors who did uniquely have that experience. And I think that's so beautiful and it's so wonderful. And I certainly recognize in them that they have less wounding. They have less fear. They have less conditioning. You know, they're, they're much more at peace with themselves. They feel much more powerful in their initiations and they just don't need to go through that deep deconditioning, deep wound healing journey. And I think the more people that we can give that to, the better, right? So in this episode in particular, we're going to focus on anger in children. We all know, we all know what it's like to be an angry manifester. I mean, we are really like the Jekyll and Hyde of society. A manifester in alignment is peaceful. Uh, I have a couple of podcast episodes about peace if you want to go back and check those out, but peace is not not really the archetypal peace, right? We're not talking about um, manifestors being very zen and being very calm and being very floaty. When we talk about peace, we're really talking about a manifestor feeling alive. A manifestor really feels both expanded and grounded at the same time. I like to call it peaceful possibility is actually our signature theme and our, our state of alignment. And we are we are very kind of go with the flow and very easy when we are in peace. And when we are in our not self theme, when we move out of alignment and we are in anger, we are so, so significantly opposite right? It is such a big divide between our alignment and our, our not alignment, between our peace and between our anger. Um, again, we will all know as adults, we all know <laughs> what that, that anger feels like for us as manifestors. It is volatile. Um, it is unpredictable. It is explosive. I often refer to it as volcanic anger. It's just that eruption of anger. And the best thing I can liken it to, for those of you who are perhaps non-manifestors who are listening, the best thing I can liken our anger to is really the anger character in Inside Out, in the Disney movie Inside Out. If you've ever seen that, the the anger character is this little red dude who's always like trying to just be calm and he's just trying to do the right thing and he's trying to fit in and he's trying to be okay with everything, but it boils. It boils up and he starts shaking and he gets ragey and then he blows fire from the top of his head and he starts yelling and ranting and stomping his feet. And I think that is the clearest representation of manifest anger. It often even takes us by surprise and it does feel quite uncontrollable. So even though we talk a fair bit about um, anger in adults and, and it always comes with that uh, veiled understanding of you're an adult, you have emotional maturity, there are better ways to deal with our anger, we should be doing that. When it comes to kids, it's a really different ball game, right? Because kids don't have emotional development. Kids don't have emotional intelligence or emotional maturity. So when you're talking about manifest anger in children, it's not the same, right? It's not the same as saying, gosh, you know, they should really just know better ways to deal with their anger. They actually don't know better ways to deal with their anger. And that's that's what I want to talk about in this episode with you guys, really bringing light to what does manifest anger look like in kids and as parents or as adults or as support people in their lives, what can we do? What can we do about that? How can we love them and how can we support them through it rather than demonizing them for being 
angry and out of control. So we know full well that kids experience anger. Every child experiences anger because they're human and they have this human experience of, of you know, going through the gamut of emotions. Kids get frustrated. Kids get annoyed. Kids get angry. Kids are argumentative. Um, manifester anger in children, though, is is very specific and it's very unique. And characteristically, it's because you can have, we, we see this in, in children, because you can have a manifester child who is sweet and thoughtful and lovely and, you know, very present and quite a delight most of the time. And then they turn into a rage machine. And we often see this when they don't get what they want, right? Because they have insisted on what they want and then they don't receive it. And like any child, any child who is learning the parameters of no, that you don't always get the things that you want immediately when you want them or sometimes at all, every child responds with anger in that situation because that's part of the neural development that we all have to go through. A manifest a child will respond to that with a, such a, an extreme level of anger and they will really struggle to release that anger and move on from it. It's just as important in their development as it is for everybody else that they learn the understanding of no, that they learn that they don't always get what they want as soon as they want it or again at all. Sometimes they can't get what they want at all. But we also see that manifest anger show up in um, children when – Perhaps they're in a social situation where they feel like they're not being listened to, where they're informing and they're doing the work and they're not getting that response that they want when they're being forced into a box. Um, uh, just thinking about traditional schooling is a really very much a place where children experience <laughs> manifest anger as many kids. You know, there's a number of just normal social situations where uh, a, a non-manifest child would have no problem, right, and, and would learn to respond with a different emotional um, experience. But a manifester child is likely to respond to those with anger whenever you tell them what to do, whenever you place them into uh, an expectation that they don't want to do, um, whenever they don't get what they want, um, whenever the environment around them is not the way that they want it to be, when they're forced to go places at a particular time or in a particular way or wear particular clothes, go to bed at a particular time, eat a particular type of food. I mean, childhood is characterized by submission. That's what children learn to do. They learn to submit to authority and that that is the undercurrent of all manifesto anger. So there, there is an argument in the human design space, curiously, where in the original channelings from Ra, a manifesto himself, yes, he spoke about how manifesto children first need to learn to ask for permission and then they need to learn to inform. And as a parent of a manifesto myself, as a, a person who had a manifesto parent, I was a manifester child. I'm now a manifester adult. I have a manifester child of my own. He is eight. I have to strongly disagree. I really strongly disagree. And maybe in a couple of years, I'll change my mind on that. But for right now, what I have observed in my own experience of childhood and in observing my child through his childhood, teaching a manifester to ask permission before being able to kind of be let loose into their power is is subduing them. It's subduing them. 
I think that the better way to explain this is that we need to teach our manifested children to be respectful when they're informing, right? That just because they've informed doesn't mean that they immediately have everything materialize at their feet because they still have impulse control, right? There's like, they're still learning impulse control and, and desire and all of those things that we know as adults. So I, I, I'm not going to talk about, you know, one of the resources for this teaching children how to ask for permission, because I don't think that manifested children do need to learn to ask for permission. I think that that's taking them down one road. And then when they reach some, you know, ambiguous, nondescript age, we say, whoop, whoop, turn the other direction. Now you're going to go down another road. I think there are ways that we can help them to go on the same road in the right direction uh, without squashing them, without teaching them that they have to, to be subdued. And the reason that I thought of recording this episode, this wasn't actually on my list of things that I wanted to speak about, but I had, you know, an anger exchange, we like to call it in our house, with my little manifesto this week. And uh, like I said, he's eight. His name is Elijah. He is a 4-6 emotional manifester. I am a 4-6 splenic manifester. And we have a lot of similarities, but we also have really key differences in the way that we show up energetically. But Elijah had come home from school. It was the first week back at school after summer holidays. So he's feeling pretty tired and he's been kind of squashed back back into that box. And of course, at the moment it's COVID. So there are still a lot of extra rules, a lot of extra requirements. You've got to go here. You've got to do that. You've got to sit still. You can't talk to that person. You only should talk to these people. He doesn't have even the normal amount of free range that he would have at school, that's drastically reduced at the moment. So I knew that going into the first week of school, he was going to be um, a bit touchy, right? A little bit more frustrated than usual, certainly more tired than usual. And as, as expected, he did come home from school one afternoon and he wanted to play on devices. Now he's eight. I also have an 11 year old and a 13 year old. So devices and spending time on screens is a big conversation in our house at the moment. I assume it will be for the next few years, right? We talk a lot about, you know, boundaries and making good decisions about screen time and how long you can be on screen time and what that does to your body. Um, and the older two are are wrapping their heads around that. But Elijah is still not quite neurologically developed enough to fully understand the scope of it. So to him, it's just a question of, am I allowed to play devices or am I not? And I always want to play them. I just, I always want to be on them especially when he has come home from school and, you know, he is feeling a little bit, a little bit um, worn down, right? And he just wants to exit into his own world and he just wants to do something fun. And he, he honestly just wants to do something that he wants to do. He just wants to be able to do something that he wants to do instead of being told, no, you can't do that at the moment. So he had come home, he'd been at home previously, the previous two days and said, can I have device time this afternoon? And I'd said, look, mate, we can do devices twice this week. You can choose any two days, right? Hot tip. This is a great way to manage things with manifested children. Here's your scope. You can have two afternoons this week where you do devices, any two afternoons you pick. But once they're done, they're done. Now, on the first two days of school, he'd already used up his two days. Uh, we checked in with him and he rode his emotional wave and yep, he definitely wanted to use those two days and he was going to be fine with not getting screens for the rest of the week. 
By day three, when he came home and, of course, requested to go on devices again, and the answer was no, woof, cue manifest anger. <laughs> it was waiting to happen, right? We knew this volcano was going to erupt, and it absolutely did. And unfortunately, in his anger this time, even though we spent kind of 10 minutes together talking through his emotions and just trying to bring him back to a place of calm and a place of understanding, he still felt like he couldn't, he hadn't gotten his anger out and his anger was still growing and growing and growing. And so what he did was go over to the lounge, lay down on the floor next to the lounge and kick really hard into the side of our very expensive lounge, making a hole. He hit a hole in the frame of the lounge, which is impressive, right? For an eight-year-old child, I got to give him that. He immediately knew that he would be in trouble for that and uh, immediately felt a lot of shame. I was also very, very tired after the kids being back at school for the first week. I'd already invested a lot of calm energy into this interaction with him, into trying to bring him back down. And so his behavior and his choice of violence and aggression towards furniture, which resulted in something really important being broken, made me angry because <laughs> that's not what I wanted. And we have, you know, like we have, you know, fairly, fairly regularly between Elijah and I, we had a manifesto anger showdown, right? There was yelling and there was shouting and there was stamping feet. And, you know, we were both, we were both exploding volcanoes in that moment. And I know, you know, the rest of our family is kind of really accommodating and they're really good about this. And they just sort of let, let the two mannies go at it. I personally don't think that it's the best way for us to deal with each other. And so we're working on it. We're working on doing things differently and, and you know, showing more love to each other while also understanding that we're both manifestors and when anger meets anger, it's going to be fairly explosive. But, you know, Elijah actually really came to an understanding this time after talking about consequences and all of those things. He came to an understanding in this experience that, being violent and having that physical outburst of breaking something during his anger did not actually help his anger. It didn't actually make him feel better. It made him feel worse. It made him feel worse because then his anger was compounded by shame and embarrassment and worry and anxiety, right? So when he had calmed down and come out of that angry state and, and came back into alignment, he said, mom, I, that wasn't worth it, right? All of the, the consequences that I now have and the way that I felt straight away, I don't like that and I don't want to be doing that anymore, so let's bring this, let's bring this around a little bit. I'm sure that any of you out there who have manifested children can relate to stories about that, right? Because manifested children, of course, they're going to be prone to anger, as we've already discussed, and, and I think it's fairly obvious. But in children, we don't have emotional development, right? We don't have emotional intelligence. They haven't formed all of those synapses in their brain for understanding what happens when they experience particular emotions and demonstrate them. And there's a lot of complexity in the way that we as humans learn emotional intelligence and learn emotional development. And it, and it is, we can't hold manifest children to the same standard as manifest adults, right? Because they just are not developmentally 
there yet. A manifest adult having an, a tantrum and kicking a hole in the couch is very different to an eight-year-old having a manifest tantrum and kicking a hole in the couch. So I think the first note is that we need to be a lot more accommodating and a lot more compassionate to many children that when they say, like my son often says to me, I couldn't control my anger. It just came out. He's not lying. That is actually very correct for their experience. That's not to say, though, that we shouldn't be doing anything about it. I think that what we really are kind of bringing home here is just because a manifest child is emotionally undeveloped and is going to be experiencing this volcanic anger doesn't mean that we should just be allowing them to do whatever they want because that's a disservice to them as much as trying to squash them is, right? They, they can't be... Um, it's not loving. It's not loving to send them out into the world believing that being volatile and being violent and being aggressive when they experience their anger is okay because it's it's not. When you become an adult, heck, even before you're an adult, in your teen years, you start to experience very, very real social consequences for that kind of behavior, right? That's deemed as criminality, right? That's criminal in society, in a developed society. So we're doing them just as much of a disservice by saying, hey, do whatever you want with your anger. You never need to change anything about that, right? Um, as much as we are by not teaching them to inform and not allowing them to have freedom and, right? We, we need to understand that helping them to be responsible for their own anger is the gift, that's the gift. Teaching a manifest a child to be responsible for their anger and to express that in a way that is helpful and healing for them, that's the love. That's the gift. That's the beauty here. So what are some ways that we can actually do that? Yeah, this is what it comes down to. And, and I have struggled as a parent to find any resources on this. <laughs> um, I very much want to create... Uh, the most supportive experience for each of my children. And human design has been a phenomenal tool in that because it gives me an insight into who they are and what they need and how to create their, their environment and their childhood to be the most supportive. And they're, of course, very different. We have one projector kid, one generator kid, and one manifester kid, right? So they all kind of need these vastly different environments. But I haven't found any real assistance out there in the parenting advice land from child psychologists to school teachers and educators. That seems to be a, hey, there's a one size fits all approach. And I have found that having a manifest a child, he doesn't fit any of the sizes. <laughs> it doesn't matter how many boxes are placed in front of us, how many sizes there are laid out. He doesn't fit any of them and I can't bend him and cut him to, to fit any of those sizes or any of those boxes. So that has taught me over the last few years in particular that I really need to make these tools of support for him that are very specific to his manifest in nature, very specific. And, and often it's helpful for me to think, what did I need? as a child, what wounded me as a child and, and what would have been healing, what would have been supportive instead of wounding. In dealing with anger, I think that all of these kind of traditional tools that we have for dealing with kids in their anger just don't necessarily apply 
to manifest your children because they're not only being angry and expressing anger because they're emotionally underdeveloped. Anger is going to be a characteristic that is with them for the rest of their lives. They're never not going to experience anger. So the key for them is in learning, just as we do as adults, that um, their anger is there to give them a message. It's there to tell them, hey, something's gone on that is not right for me. Something has gone on that doesn't feel good. But we have this extra element, this extra layer with kids of sometimes the reason that that anger has come up is because something that you have experienced is something that you don't like, but you need to learn to be okay with that. You need to learn to be okay with that because sometimes people are going to tell you no and that's just going to have to be something that you experience out there in society, right? Sometimes you're not going to get what you want immediately, again, or if at all, and that's going to have to be okay because, again, that's what you experience out there in society. So the tools that I have found mostly helpful (laughs) Again, can't fit the kids into a box. But the tools that I have found mostly helpful are space, outlet, and reflection. Space, outlet, and reflection. Let's dive into those a little bit more. What do I mean by space? You know, as a manifester, when you get really angry, you actually don't want people around you, right? (laughs) It's better to be angry on your own and to express that anger on your own, whether it's, you know, screaming or stamping your feet or crying or hitting something, whatever it may be, it's better to do that on your own because a manifester who is in that angry state doesn't actually want to be hurting anybody else. It's not about anybody else. We're not angry at somebody, even if in the moment we feel like it's at somebody. It's really just because that surge of anger is moving through us like lava and we can't really stop it. We just need to allow that to come through. So I have found that in children, giving that that anger just the same space as you would give an adult, saying, hey, I can see that you're angry right now. Let's give you space. You can have the room. You can have the lounge room. You can have your bedroom. You can go outside. I'm going to give you that space. I'm going to check back in with you in 20 minutes or so unless you tell me that you want me to be here. Okay, so allowing them that space instead of trying to control them into expressing it a particular way or talking about it or calming down, just giving them the freedom to feel that anger as it is, express it as they need to without the fear of hurting anybody or getting in trouble. That's space. Outlet. By outlet, I'm talking about giving them healthy tools, healthy ways for getting that anger out of their body, for getting that energy because it's just an energetic state, moving it out of their body so it doesn't bottle up, so that it doesn't feel overwhelming, so that it doesn't feel extreme, right? So that they don't uh, like kick a couch and, and break a hole and then feel ashamed and cry afterwards. So we need to teach them outlets. Those outlets might look like um demonstrating to them how they can physically release that anger, teaching them to stomp, to stamp their feet, teaching them to scream into a pillow or just in a space, Um, teaching them to hit things that are not going to be damaged. A couple of years ago, we bought our little manifesto a boxing bag 
for Christmas. He has a punching bag in his room so that when he has an angry expression, he can go and hit that punching bag. Uh, We have also discovered for our manifester in particular, because he's an emotional manifester, that teaching him to receive comfort in his anger is a really beautiful outlet that he can go and lay down with the dog and hug the dog. He can come to me and have a hug so that there is that space of receiving his anger. It doesn't always need to be an angry expression. Sometimes it's just about having that outlet to say, I'm here in my anger and I need some help calming me down from other things. Um, Going for a walk is an amazing outlet, moving your body, dancing, singing, those kinds of things. Now, I will share here that, you know, because our manifestor is only eight, we are still very much in the thick of working with him to say, remember these tools, Remember these outlets. You need to be using these instead of just hitting people, instead of just calling people names and doing nasty things and kicking holes in couches, right? He doesn't always remember on his own because he's still learning that. He's still forming those neural pathways in his brain. And and I find that incredibly tough. I find that incredibly uh, difficult and it pushes on my patience buttons and sometimes I lose it and I get angry in response, okay? (laughs) So none of us are living in a a perfect world here. This is not a, hey, just get your manifesto child to punch a boxing bag and everything's going to be good, right? You you need to go through this journey of developmentally understanding that it's going to take time for them to learn this. But give them outlets, give them tools, give them resources of, hey, this is how it's acceptable to behave with your anger. This is going to get your anger out. And we need to keep repeating that and repeating that and repeating that until that becomes your easy choice, until that becomes your immediate choice with anger, rather than doing something destructive or something that you're you're actually going to feel bad about in five minutes time. Now, finally, reflection. Reflection. This is the, the biggest element of helping manifest a kids in their anger. It's something that we struggle to do as adults because we most often just did not learn it. We are not taught to be reflective of what our anger was teaching us. We are taught to subdue our anger, to suppress it down, to get rid of it, to be nice, to be people pleasers. This is how we end up as manifestors being people pleasers because we don't want to uh, continue to get in trouble for expressing these energies that we've got. So we learn to be quiet and be small and shut ourselves off from our inner voice, shut ourselves off from our anger, not experience peace, not initiate anything. So we very, very much need to teach our children how to reflect on their anger, knowing that anger for manifestors is not the same as anger for everyone else. For us, it's that messaging system that something is out of alignment, something is not good. And this is a learned skill. It's a conscious habit. So every time Elijah gets angry, when the anger is out, sometimes in great ways, sometimes in not so great ways, we sit down and we reflect and we, we talk through with him and say, why did that anger come up? And how did that anger feel? And what was that anger telling you? And now what lesson have we learned from that? Do we need to do something different in the future? Is this a different arrangement that we need? Through Elijah's angry, angry reflections, anger reflections, 
we have really been able to discover that what he struggles with most is trying to not be angry during the day at school because he wants to be respectful and he wants to be a good student and he wants to be um, part of the crowd. So during the day when he gets told what to do and told where to go and told when to do it and he has to, you know, play by his friend's rules when they're playing games and he's got to eat at certain times and he's got to learn at certain times and in certain ways, he really bottles that anger down. He swallows it and he he just complies with things. And by the time he gets home, he's so tired from being told what to do all day and trying to be very peaceful in response to that, that that one more thing kind of sets him off. It just sets him off. So we've made some changes in our routine, in the way that we approach things, approach, you know, after school life and and his re-entry into our family. He gets time when he comes home. He doesn't have to do his chores immediately. He gets a whole scope of several hours in which he can do his chores at any time and in any way that he wants to. Again, there's a lot of nuance in here, right? He's He doesn't get to just do whatever he wants. He doesn't just get to have device time when he comes home because he's still a child and we're still making that environment for him that is healthy. But Having these reflections after anger really gives you insight into what is setting my manifestor off, right? Why is he or she doing this? Why is he or she feeling this anger? Because that's telling me and it's telling them that something is not working for them. And we can do our best to create an accommodating environment that allows them to be in alignment, right? And at the same time, we're teaching them to, to develop their own skills of reflection. So as they become adults, they can reflect on their own anger and learn the lessons from that. Yeah. So space, outlet, reflection. That's all I've got to share about this. This episode was a lot longer than I expected it to be, but hey, there we are. The things that needed to come out came out. <laughs> I hope that you have enjoyed this. If you are a parent of a manifested child, I know we have some parents out there who are manifestors and also have manifested children. I would love to hear from you as well. How, how do you deal with anger in your child? Did any of this hit home for you? Do you feel like this gave you any practical resources? Please feel free to share this on social media. Tag me at the Holly Marie. Share your thoughts, share your wisdom, share your insights. I love experiencing them. And I think that working together in this collective where we share knowledge and we share experience back and forth, it enriches all of us. It gives each of us an opportunity to grow. And um, yeah, I would love to hear your insights as a parent to a manifester. How can we do this better? How can we support our, our little baby manifestors in more amazing ways? Thank you so much for being here listening and I will catch you in the next episode. Thank you so much for listening to this episode of the Hunting for Purpose podcast. I hope that my words, my sharing and the spiritual wisdom that came through today's episode have a magnificently transforming impact on your life. If you love this episode, I would be so humbly and truly grateful if you would share it on your social media. You can tag me on Instagram or Facebook at The Holly Marie. And also please consider taking a moment to leave a review right here on iTunes so that this information, this podcast and this spiritual transformation can be spread to even more people. Again, I cannot wait to see you for the next episode of Hunting for Purpose.